0: Today we've got a crazy revenge story of leaking a private conversation. We'll get into that in a bit but first, showing him out of showbiz. This is a little take from my days in modeling when I was still a beginner. I had always been a pretty boy from when I was young. I had a face that screamed perfection and an appeal, so people said. My mother prided herself in the fact that her son could walk into a room and all eyes would be on him. Some would say that she enjoyed the admiration more than myself. My mother was an opportunist, so she immediately took advantage of the situation and pushed me into the modeling scene. She made sure to do her own adequate research before signing me up for one of the best kids modeling agencies in our little hometown. Of course, thousands of kids had signed up to be in this same prestigious school, and all of them thought that they were pretty enough to get in. The head of the institution informed the many enthusiastic boys that the school was only picking 10 people to join them that academic year. My mother was not moved by the displeased frown on the man's face or the strict look in his eyes, neither was she fazed by the cold voice in which he delivered his speech. She sat there calmly and held my little hand and she knew that I would get in no matter what. He was a French man, so let's call him Samuel, and when he was done with his opening speech, the auditioning process started. There were three judges, Samuel, one of the institute's top alumni and a lady whose name nobody actually knew. They were all very cold, not a single smile on their faces as each boy approached their table, answered the questions they were asked, and did whatever else was expected of them. There was another mother there who kept glaring at my mom and I like she knew us from somewhere before. My mother paid her no mind, but when it became obvious that the woman was going out of her way to annoy us, she confronted her. She questioned the woman on why she was going out of her way to make us uncomfortable, She complained that the woman was being rude and distracting both her own son and the rest of the boys that were to audition. The woman tried to defend herself, but my mother wasn't interested in anything she had to say. The woman, liking the drama that she had created, accused me of not being a boy. That offended my mother, who called her out on her BS. She told the woman to concentrate on her son instead of throwing allegations and trying to make everyone feel uncomfortable. She told the woman that if she was confident in her training her son would enter the academy along with those who deserve it with those few words my mom strutted back to her seat and took my hand back in hers she was shocked when she looked towards the entrance to the room where the auditions were taking place and saw samuel standing there he didn't say anything but she saw the respect in his eyes along with those of some of the other parents in the room applicant 50 please step into the room he said and disappeared inside Applicant 50 just happened to be me. My mom gave me a hug of encouragement, kissed my forehead twice for luck, and watched me walk into the room. She gave a silent prayer up to her creator and calmly waited for me to come back out. When I entered the room, no one said anything at first before they asked for my name. The female judge, Brianna, then asked me to walk up to the table and take a look at a picture. It confused me at first, but I did as I was asked. I walked over to Brianna, never once going out of character. Unknown to me, they had began judging from when I walked into the room. My posture, the way I carried myself and my facial expressions. I took up the picture she handed to me, looked at it and gave her an answer. She confirmed that my answer was right before the other judges interjected with their own questions. I was asked why I wanted to be a model and why I thought I deserved to be accepted by the institute. I gave the best answers I could, remembering that my mother had always taught me to be confident in myself. Samuel at some point thought I was being proud, but I told him that I was simply telling my truth. Samuel stared at me and I stared right back without breaking eye contact. He glared at me and then looked down at the sheet of paper in front of him. He dismissed me and told me to call the next applicant on my way out. I walked out with a smile. Even though Samuel looked angry, I was very certain that I'd gotten in. And boy was I right. I was one of the top 10 boys that was accepted into the institution, along with the boy whose mom had been mean to me. 12 years later, and I was indeed the gem that I said I would be to the fashion institute. I had graduated and gone on to be one of the top global models that Samuel Von Joe had produced. I and Samuel had been very good friends during my time at the institute, along with Marcus, the boy with the rude mother. Samuel had not once regretted accepting me into the institute and it taught me to be the best of his abilities everything he knew. I grew up to be a beauty, a rare fashion figure with just the right body and attitude that many companies and brands wanted to work with me. Marcus and I were close, and he would usually tease that his mother would have a stroke if she saw us together. We had worked on some projects together, and there were times where we had to be apart for long periods of time. It was after one of such periods that Marcus came home and offered me a slot with an agency that had given him a free ticket. I was curious about what he meant by a free ticket and listened as he explained to me how he had gotten it. He had worked with a brand affiliated to some modeling agency that loved his work. In conclusion, Marcus was probably hooking up with the head of the agency and he'd gotten a free slot to invite any model of his choice on her next project. Being as we were friends, he thought the job would be good for me since I was taking a break from the big scene. I appreciated how thoughtful that was of him. I watched him snag a biscuit from my plate and eat it with delight on his face. After assuring me that he wouldn't do anything to jeopardize my name and the gig was legit, I decided to give it a try. It was really a break and a small side distraction was not going to harm me in any way. The gig started 2 days later and the head of the agency was more than ecstatic about having me on her team. She was trying to build a live exhibition show for different companies and the shoot would last about a week. I was excited to be a part of the experience and was pleased with the photographer they paired me with. He had 4 other models on the team so we were 5 in total that the man had to work with. The first day had been fantastic and I was glad that I would accepted Marcus's offer to come on board. The next day though, I noticed that the attitude of the photographer changed towards me. The man purposely found things to pick on me about, even when I wasn't doing anything wrong. At first, I thought it was his perfectionist persona coming out to play, but then it got worse. It was so bad that even the other models started whispering about it. I went home embarrassed that day, and even narrated everything that happened to Marcus. Marcus was surprised at the attitude of the photographer since he had worked with him before. He encouraged me to not give up on the show and apologized on behalf of the man. The following day, when I was getting my hair and makeup ready for the shoot, the makeup artist, Anita, was called over by one of the producers. She excused herself and rushed over to go and answer the man. Ricky then approached me after she was gone. I wasn't one to hold a grudge, so I smiled up at Ricky as he approached. He had an angry look on his face, and it made me slightly uncomfortable. He told me that he came to assure me that I was nothing special and like the rest of them, I was nothing. He told me that he hated how I was given special treatment that I hadn't earned. I tried to defend myself, but he shut me up at every point. He said some other vile things that my mind wished it hadn't registered. I told him that he was being rude and that he should leave me alone at once. He just gave a dry chuckle and reached out to touch my face. I recoiled as far back as I could from the hand. Before Ricky could breathe another word, we heard Anita coming back. Ricky glared at me once more and then went back to where he had set up his camera. I wish I'd called in sick as it didn't get any better. Ricky complained about everything I did and at some point he even yelled at me to stop slowing down the process of the shoot. The supervisor of the set came around to see what was happening and Ricky lied that I wasn't doing according to what he was told. The supervisor told Ricky to pull it together and let me have some creative control if I wanted to. This further pissed him off and he continued to treat me with contempt. I couldn't take the poor treatment anymore and informed Marcus that I would be dropping out of the project. Marcus was pissed about everything and how this fun experience had been ruined for me. So he hatched a plan and told me about it. He begged me not to lose hope and promised me that everything would be fine. On the fourth day, while I was being spray tanned for a set, Ricky called the artist away so he could be alone with me again this time I didn't cower in fear and stood my ground. I glared back at Ricky and remembered that my mother hadn't trained me to take crap from anybody. Ricky started his trash talking again. He tried his best to poke at my self esteem but I didn't let him. I told him that he could no longer bully me and that if he knew what was good for him, he would leave me alone and just do his job. He didn't like that I was speaking back at him and became more aggressive with his words. At that moment, Marcus walked into the room and glared at Ricky. He told him that he hadn't believed me at first when I said that all that Ricky had been doing. But after what Ricky had just displayed, he was rather disappointed in the photographer's behavior. He brought out his phone, passed it to Ricky, and let the man read all that was there. Ricky's cocky look turned into one of terror, and the fear was clear in his eyes when he looked up at us. Marcus told him that if he didn't want his career to end... would stop bullying me. He also made Ricky promise to quit that agency after this gig. He didn't care if his contact with the agency had ended or not. The first mistake Ricky had made was messing with me, and Marcus made sure that he knew that fact. Ricky immediately fled the scene as soon as Marcus was gone. For the rest of the shoot that day, he didn't say one word out of place and just focused on what he was there to do. When the project wrapped up, Ricky put in his resignation letter which came as a surprise to Eleanor. She wanted to fight it since he was one of the best photographers they had, but Ricky said it was time to move on to other things. I was so happy Ricky was gone, as Eleanor wanted to continue future projects with me. I had peace of mind and was so grateful that Marcus had helped me stand up for myself. Like my mother, Marcus was not about to let anyone bully me. I'm just glad in a field like this where, honestly, you hear plenty of stories coming out of Not very good people doing not very great things to people. It seemed like OP was able to look around and see people left and right that were actually willing to hear them out, care about how they felt, and back them up. That said, our next story is, I recorded and leaked my husband's private conversations to his opponent. How I got revenge against my abusive soon-to-be ex-husband. He lost the election and got bad press that would stay with him for the rest of his life. My husband was abusive toward me for the seven years that we were together. He only hit me on one occasion and that was the last straw for me. I started planning my revenge on that day. It was a Sunday afternoon and my husband, being the person who loved to put on a show for the world as usual, had invited his family, friends and work associate to our home for lunch. We lived in a house with a wide backyard and beautiful flower garden. Gardening was the only thing that gave me peace while I was with him. It was my escape so I poured all my energy into gardening. Seeing my flowers bloom beautifully made me very happy, but at the same time, it reminded me of how dull and empty my life with my husband was. His friends and family would compliment me all the time about my garden. No one does gardening better than my darling wife, he would boast to his friends. One of his close friends Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Suggested one day that I own a flower shop and he immediately opposed it. Don't tell me that you think very lowly of owning a flower business and that it's beneath your wife, she shot back at him. Of course not. She wouldn't like that. I know it. My wife's more interested in staying home and doing other stuff, I tell you, he said quickly, trying to disarm her with a smile. Working outside the home is not her thing at all. She dropped out of college, after all, he said, still smiling, then flashed me a look that I knew meant that he wanted me to back him up. I don't like to deal with the slightest stress, I said in my sweetest voice to her. Really? I'm nothing like you. My husband had me quit my job and stay home for two months and I started to lose it. We had to agree that I just cannot stay home for too long, I just have to go out you see. My husband and his friend laughed. I tried to form a smile but I couldn't and that was because I'd spoken to my husband on different occasions about owning a flower shop and he declined angrily. As usual he made it about himself. What kind of a man would people think I am if my wife was selling flowers at the corner of the street he asked. It doesn't have to be at the corner of the street or even something large scale. He frowned. The answer is no. You already have a lot to do at home and you can't even keep up. Imagine if you had a job or business to go with it. I told you already before we even got married that I wanted a woman who stayed at home and took good care of the home front. And you agreed. I said yes, I did. And I enjoy working at home, but people say that my flowers... Stop listening to people, he thundered. The flowers are not all that if you look at them. How much do you expect to make from the flower business? some too many people are better than you in the same business how do you intend to compete that was the last time we had a conversation about the flower business ever since he said the most derogatory things about my flowers he'd make fun of how they looked and even take pictures of the gardens of others that he thought were more beautiful just to taunt me the only times he praised my garden was in the presence of others because it was very important to him that he's perceived as a good husband to everyone else Also, I couldn't bring myself to smile because I dropped out of school when my dad came down with a stroke. It was the most terrible period of my life. We didn't have money to hire a caretaker or anything, so I decided I was going to drop out of school to take care of him. My brother tried to discourage me. He even told me to let my dad go. The old man has lived his life. You now have to live yours, he said to me. I ignored him and dropped out anyway. My dad died nine months after I dropped out. I was mad and disappointed. I guess I'd hoped I'd be able to nurse him back to health. I wasn't happy about dropping out, and I hated that my husband, who knew why I did that, brought it up just to prove to his friend that it was purely my choice to not work outside the home, even though that was a lie. The truth is, my husband did tell me before we got married that he wanted someone who would take care of the home front. He wanted someone who would work from home. I agreed to do it. I didn't think that I had many choices anyway. After dropping out of college, I convinced myself that I was worthless and could never make anything of my life and especially of my career. I had always wanted to be a lawyer and my dreams were dashed. I had no other skills and I even felt grateful that my husband, who is an attorney and his dad was once a famous judge, wanted someone like me from a humble background and with no college education. I had planned to start talking to him about going back to college after we got married but each time I mentioned it, he shut me down. Each time I mentioned working outside the home, either getting a job or starting a business, he shut it down too. You don't have a degree, what can you do? There's no way I'd let my wife work a job that barely pays the minimum wage. What do you think that would say about me to the world? Mom never worked outside the home for one day, he kept on ranting, and she was content and cared for daddy and us kids. That was just how we all turned out successful. I know you wouldn't know anything about it because your mom never did that stuff, but that's why you have me to teach you. That was typical of him. He would refer to me as someone who did all that at all times to discredit my opinions. Is that how you talk to your husband? Well, you never had a good example for your mother. I don't expect you to behave differently. My mom left my brother and me with my dad when we were 10 and 8. She left us for my dad's boss, and she never looked back. She didn't try to contact us until years later, and when she eventually did, we both shut her down. My husband brought it up all the time. Anyway, back to the day my husband hit me in the face. All through lunch, I wore a frown. I would usually not do that. I wanted everyone to think of me as a good wife too. I wanted them to like me, especially his family. No one ever outrightly told me, but I knew his mom had not wanted him to marry me. I didn't want her to think ever that she was right to have not wanted the union. That day, however, my husband had brought up dropping out of college and it had reminded me once again that I was nowhere close to my goals and that I wasn't living the life I'd dreamt of as a little girl. That hurt me. After lunch that day, my husband came into the bedroom as I was brushing my hair, fuming. I noticed that he looked angry and I asked if everything was okay. ''Did anyone upset you out there?'' I asked him innocently. ''What was that about?'' he yelled. ''What was that about?'' Are you trying to embarrass me before people? Is that what this is about? You are a frown the entire afternoon. Why are you trying to sabotage me? I said you brought up dropping out of college. You know how much it hurt me that I had to drop out? Yet you made it about me not liking academic stress. He said, well, if you wanted to go to college, you would have. Yes, it was unfortunate what happened, but you were not so determined yourself. You're only saying that because you're privileged, I said. He said, excuse me? I said, well, yes, you've never had to get a student loan. Your daddy paid for everything. It's rich to talk about determination. Shut up, he yelled at me. No, I won't. He charged toward me and slapped me. Then he walked out of the room. I fell to the floor sobbing. I couldn't believe what had just happened. As if the heavens felt bad for me, it rained that evening and all through the night. I knew I was done that night, but I had to strategize properly as well to get my revenge. The next day, my husband came into the room and fell on his knees. I'm sorry, I don't know what came over me. He apologized profusely, and I told him I'd forgiven him. For a week, he kept up the pretense and was nice to me, but he soon dropped it after that week and went back to his default setting, which was to abuse me. Aside from physical abuse and the constant psychological torture, my husband abused me financially. I never had money, and I dared not ask for money. What do you need money for, he'd ask me when we first got married. Then he would go on and buy whatever it was that I wanted. I nearly never had any money. Even though I drove a nice car and had the finest and most fashionable dresses, he would have hairstylists come over to our home and style my hair and my manicurist and pedicurist would come over too. I barely even went out except for when he and his family had a function to attend and I had to be there. I had a nice car that I barely ever drove. I had no family around as my brother lived very far away and we barely even spoke. I had no friends that weren't his friends. He was my life. I was preparing breakfast for myself in the kitchen one morning when I remembered an old friend from my freshman year in college. I looked her up on Facebook and found her. She was, as I predicted, a lawyer and I needed her help to divorce my husband. My husband is not just a lawyer, he comes from a family of powerful lawyers. So, I need to be strategic to prevent getting the short end of the stick after the divorce. We talked and I asked to see her. She was too busy to have lunch or anything of the sort because she was working on the campaign team of my husband's opponent. My husband was contesting to be mayor at the time. At first, she was very careful. She picked words around me. I had to assure her that I wasn't trying to bait her or anything. I honestly don't even know she worked for my husband's opponent until very much later she promised to help in whatever way she could firstly we decided to stop meeting physically anyone could see me with her and recognize her from the opponent's campaign i told her i wanted to leave my husband but that was only after he lost the election i had to make it more painful for him and i wanted his ego bruised i also wanted to expose him to the world you see outside my husband is a kind politician who cared about everyone but privately he was racist sexist and extremely classist he had a deep disdain for poorer people and people who had no status in society he had the most unpopular and terrible opinions but in public he said what he felt people wanted to hear and they were always the opposite of what he truly believed I promised my friend that I'd send her recordings and many others of my husband making these demeaning comments. While the campaign was ongoing, my husband became even meaner to me. He was going through a lot of pressure and he took it out on me. That made me even angrier and I looked forward to taking him down. I started to make a compilation of all the recordings, the things he said to our domestic staff, to his PA and at his family's very regular gatherings. I recorded and sent them to my friend. She couldn't leak it from the camp of the opponent so as to not soil his name, so she handed the audio recordings, and sometimes videos, to a journalist, who then went on to publish it as an expose on my husband. Luckily for me, and the people, my late father-in-law had been rumored to be abusive towards domestic staff and even his workers. His assistant once said lots of stuff about how he treated him, his affair, and how he hits his wife in an interview. My husband's mother had flown into action, defending her husband and promising everyone that he was a nice husband and father. The exposure of my husband triggered people, and they started to talk about my husband and his family. My husband wasn't ruffled, he was too confident that his background and contacts would come through for him. His opponents were not from historical families like him, so he wasn't bothered, he was only interested in how the recordings got out. His public relations manager advised him to wait until he'd won the election before sacking his staff, but he refused. He went on to fire every domestic staff. He was certain that the recordings were leaked by them. That backfired. They went out and started talking anonymously. The press would reveal what my husband did and then say that a trusted source had revealed it to them. Despite these revelations, things still looked good for my husband. My friend and I were worried that he'd win and that leaving him would be more difficult. But alas, he lost the election. I was so excited when I heard the news. My husband had run to his room and cried, and I ran to the bathroom to cry tears of joy. I had my friend file for a divorce after the whole morning was nearly over. We're not officially divorced though, but we were able to get an injunction so he'd leave the house. The court granted that prayer since he'd been violent in the past. Honestly, I'm surprised considering they're a historical family as you'd call it and he had money growing up that he didn't demand some kind of prenuptial type situation because it sounds like OP saying they might be able to get away with this with some assets, which honestly with all that they've put up with, I think they deserve. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right.